0: You're listening to the Nerd to Know Media Network. Join us at nerdTonowmedia.com.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's now time for our main event. Take a trip back in time to the golden era of the wrestling world
0: with your host, Chris Tetralt-Blay. welcome to Once Upon a Turnbuckle.
1: Hello again, everyone, and as my guest, in in the words of my guest, that I've got with me today. We're back in the room after <laughs> a few uh, a few weeks off, trying to give myself some kind of summer break, which didn't really end up being much of a break. But we are back with a brand new episode of Once Upon a Turnbuckle, and I, it was fitting fashion, really, as a wrestling podcast to have someone on from both ends. So, someone who's involved in wrestling and someone who is also a podcaster. So former or maybe returning pro wrestler
0: yeah Uh, uh, returning i am returning yeah returning in august we'll catch on that no doubt and um
1: host of the hugely popular podcast the cayman show cayman griffiths well done well well done welcome sir
0: thank Ah, you you. thank you my good man it's a pleasure chris thanks for having me on here it's a bit weird i had to bring a pen and paper just to to feel (laughs) comfortable around these settings because it's normally me firing the questions at other people etc but yeah let's just mix it up let's a bit and see where we go eh?
1: see where we go yeah I've, seen, I've I've wanted to to speak to you for a while I mean I, I discovered your podcast um, through a wrestling based guest and I, I thought that you like me did a wrestling podcast um, we'll get more into your podcast a bit later but it kind of went from there. And the more I learned about you, the more I thought you were an absolutely perfect guy to have on here. And I hugely enjoy your show, anyway. But Thank you, man. In, to sort of bring it, you know, in order of relevance, I suppose. Let's let's talk about your your relationship with wrestling. So, when did that first start? Let's go right back to the beginning, to so when you discovered wrestling. Were you a fan to begin with?
0: Yeah, I, I think it's uh, pretty much a, a general answer. This to start with uh, the the beginning roots. You know, I was always a fan in school, uh, always grabbing grabbing kids in the lunchtime and pile-driving them around the back of a sports hall, <laughs> goddamn nearly breaking necks. You know, it's all real to you then, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> from there, WCW used to come on on a Sunday afternoon, I think, on ITV. Yes, it did. Back then, Yeah, back in the glory days. That's like worldwide um, or something, wasn't it?
1: I think Yeah,
0: that's like. right, worldwide yeah. wrestling. I was watching guys like Barry Windham, Sting, Lex Luger, yeah. the Steiners, etc. Stunning Steve Austin. Yes. Um, all, all these guys. And then I was, I was drawn as well. I remembered him from the WWF, no WWE, Ravishing Rick Rude as well. He was a, a mainstay on that show as well. Um, and I just started grabbing guys from the street then on a Sunday afternoon after WCW World. Like, come on, we go into Majors Stadium. There was this field called Majors Field. Right. It must have been around the time of SummerSlam 92 because I named it a stadium. Mm-hmm. So we went around there. We had these like five belts, which I'd made out of a gym mat cut up into pieces with like ice cream container lids with permanent marker on. We had the world television championship, not a television camera in sight, (laughs) by the way. Uh, We had the world tag team championships. um, And I think we only had about three wrestlers and the world heavyweight championship. So, yeah, I had two belts and there were like three wrestlers in this made up promotion of ours. (laughs) And it was all real to me then. And we were fighting for our lives. I was always a bit bigger, a bit taller than the rest of them, et cetera. So I had a bit of an advantage. Um, totally legit. Uh, this one guy came along. He was from across the estate he was, over the other side of the field, you know, the uh, other side of the border. Yeah, yeah, He came along. His name's Adrian. Shout out, Adrian. We always talk about this if I see him out and about. Um, so I DDT'd him, and I didn't know, and I genuinely didn't know, that there was a rock where his head was about the plant, and it was a legitimate DDT, and Adrian was out and I was like, oh my God, I've killed Adrian. So, guys, you know, backyarding, I don't condone it. This was before backyarding was even a thing, mind. All right. This mm-hmm. was just a group of kids trying to portray what they see on the television with zero training. So, this is why I say training is very important. It shows you how to do things mm-hmm. and it also shows you how not to do things. And DDT and someone on a rock was certainly not the way forward. You know, never- um, yeah, live and learn. I've spent my life living and learning this, you know. <laughs> you never stop learning. That's another thing in wrestling. Um, but it's actually getting into the professional side of things then and actually wrestling in wrestling rings, et cetera. Uh, being from South Wales and in like the late 90s, early 2000s, there was nothing around. Uh, not a lot of people had the internet then either. So, you know, you didn't have a clue, basically, where to go. To become a wrestler I'd ask loads of people as well you know I'd go to shows I'd ask promoters or wait outside locker rooms for wrestlers how would you become a wrestler often the answer was you don't you know <laughs> it's like all right it was it was still somewhat protected then
1: yeah
0: um but I was looking through Power Slam magazine uh run by Finlay Martin I had him on the show a few weeks ago I'm not sure if I, you saw great guy one. uh world of knowledge yeah. um but in that magazine at the back there there was an advert for a training camp with NWA UK Hammerlock. Yes, I um, remember
1: this. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I, I was in... I was
1: on the verge myself, sort of. Were you? Know, you? I, yeah, I would I would never have made it, but yeah, oh, I, man, I suddenly, that's I what like, I thought. Yeah, there's there's an opportunity out there, and I remember they had some kind of TV show on at the time as well. That's right, Transatlantic
0: Wrestling Challenge. That's what yeah? it was. Well, yeah. funny enough, the Transatlantic Wrestling Challenge ring. That you saw there, I ended up buying that ring and that became the Celtic wrestling ring for a time as well oh, before yeah, it started okay. falling apart under our asses, you know. <laughs> but yeah, I, I didn't drive at the time then. So I saw the advert. I thought I got to do this. So I roped a friend of mine. We all got our one friend who will do anything you ask him to. Right. He wasn't a wrestling fan. But I tried to make him become a wrestling fan. I got him partially there. And then I said, right, we need to jump on the National Express and we need to go to this wrestling training camp. Fair play to him. George Robinson, my glasses are off to you. As I always say, I don't have a hat. (laughs) But uh, thank you so much for coming with me. So he came with me on the National Express. We travelled down to Hammerlock, trained under the knowledge of the late Andre Baker. God rest his soul. Uh, He did a lot for me, a hell of a lot for me. And John Ryan, who I believe still may be on the circuit, John Ryan. I'm not 100% mm-hmm. sure about that, but wealth of knowledge. Mm-hmm. Uh, on this particular camp as well, we had NWA Island, who were affiliated with NWA UK. Mm-hmm. All the guys from there were on the camp as well. So Fergal DeWitt, he was one of the guest trainers, a.k.a. Okay. Finn Balor. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he taught me how the German suplex, um, and I believe he gave me my first chop as well. Which are we swearing or not? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, which by the way, fucking killed. All right, it did. (laughs) It's just like, oh my god, all all these years watching it when when you realize that there's some uh, choreography going on and everything. It's like, right, chops. How do they do those? And how do they work those? And how does it make that noise? Well. You know, i got to give the game away You know, There's no secret, right? No. It's just a palm of someone's hand coming flat into your chest at force. Yeah. And, and it kills. I had his handprint there for about a week after, I think. But yeah, that's me? absolutely. Yeah, it might as well. they might still be remnants here now, you know. But uh, yeah, so I wrestled on that camp. It was a week-long camp. Um so, aching all over, the warm-up absolutely butchered me. I was in atrocious physical condition at the time. My cardio levels were way down there somewhere. Mm -hmm. Um, Literally, we were looking around. There was a full camp as well, it was sold out. There must have been about 50 people on this wrestling camp. And it was in the East Street Martial Arts Center in, I believe us in Ashford. It's either Ashford or Sittingbourne. Mm -hmm. Pamela used to work between two. And there was just puddles of sweat all over the floor um so you went through the paces way before you got in the ring we were training on the mats way before we got in the ring eventually we got in the ring then and it was like wow i'm in the ring you know mm-hmm. it was fascinating and it was like i'm actually in the wrestling and this is great and then rope running you'd have welts all over your back from these things all right it's uh, They're not as as springy as they made out to be on the TV and everything. They cut right into your flesh. You know, they tear chunks out of your flesh. So I had big red stroke, purple marks on my back from these ropes. Um, They put us together in the later stages of the camp then to to process what we've learned and do like a 10-minute match each. I was gassed out to hell and back by the end of it. But I managed to get through a match. And the rest of the trainees were all around the ring acting as a crowd would and everything. So you had to work off them, play the crowd. It was great. I was screwed. I was knackered. I was in agony, but I couldn't wait. When I got back home, I couldn't wait to get back on our National Express bus for the next (laughs) camp. So I started from there then just jumping on the National Express, grabbing whoever I could to come with me to train down there. Uh, Even on just just go down on a Saturday and sleep there and then train on the Sunday as well. Mm -hmm. Then come back on a National Express. You have to be committed. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I spoke with Andre Baker then. I was like, look, we've got nothing in Wales at the moment in terms of wrestling training. I was about, I look for a venue for you. I'll do all the the groundwork and everything. If you just bring some training, I'll bring people to the training camp, to the training school. And he was like, he just said to me, yeah, all right, find a venue. I was like, what, just like that? And he was like, yeah, find a venue. I was like, okay. So I went then. Um, I was working in a surf shop at the time called Legends. Guy working with me, Richie, he lived in the Cate's area. He was a student in Cardiff. And he said, I know just the place. And I was like, pray tell me. And he was like, Cate's Community Hall. I was like, let's have a look. So I went over with him, had a look. Met Andre Baker there a couple of weeks later. And he was like great cargo venue i was like fantastic (laughs) can we do it yeah we can do some shows here as well i was like brilliant wow so he came down then we were doing the training down there they were coming down i think it was just like once a month at a time so i get back up to kent as well whenever i could um i started doing matches in kent then i made a debut down there in margate in a rumble match Mm -hmm. i'm sure i was ribbed they reckon i wasn't but it went 10, nine, eight. I was like, right, I'm going to be mean. I'm going to be mean. Seven, <laughs> six, five. I mean, I always pound myself in the head before I go up as well. as yeah. just to get in my zone, you know, method acting, if you will. Yeah. But three, two, one. Now I've had the time <laughs> of my life that was my debut coming out big mean horrible and I just thought I've got to roll with it it's the the theme tune from Dirty Dancing the movie Dirty Dancing I meant to be this big horrible Welsh thug you're like you know this (laughs) anti-English Welsh thug um and yeah they're just going to pull me apart but I went in there I, I acted up to it I just rolled with it embraced this this dodgy tune I think I might have even been singing it on my way to the ring uh got in the ring then and then proceeded to have my ass handed to me on, uh, it's, on a stick, you know. Yeah. I lasted about seven minutes, which isn't bad That's for a, bad. a debut in a rumble. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you had the piss beaten out of me. But what a great experience. I did manage <laughs> really. to get a few bits in as well, which cool. was good. Uh, um, yeah. but a Scottish wrestler then by the name of Conscience eliminated me over the top rope. And uh I just, yeah, I'd, I'd be honest, I was I was screwed, I was glad to, glad to get out of there at that point. <laughs> And, yeah, I, the chops came into effect as well, as ooh. they always do for the new guy. Okay, did
1: yeah, you, that, did, that's, did the on. crowd do the wounds every time, the Ric Flair woos every time? Oh, yeah, always. They oh, love yeah. it. They love yeah. it.
0: And, the, and they always do the one mores then as well when you've <laughs> had enough, just, to, just when your chest has caved in, all right? You know? But, yeah, I was glad to get out of there then, but I think the next show I did after that was in Cate's Community Centre, and Andre said, right, we're going to give you a singles match. I was like, oh, am I ready? He's like, when are you ready? I was like, yeah, that's a good question. I suppose I suppose yeah. if I left it to myself, or to my, my own mind, I'd never be ready. Mm. Or maybe I'd be ready before I was ready. <laughs> well, it's, it's, you know, a double-edged sword, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But he said, no, you're fine, you're ready. So I was in a gauntlet match then. It mm-hmm. um, started off, I can't remember who it started with, but there were two people starting off. Exodus was one of them. Uh, he eliminated the first guy. So then it was me and Exodus. I eliminated Exodus. Then it was me and conscious again oh. and conscience, sorry, conscience again. And he picked me up in some sort of razor's edge effort, then slammed me down. And then I was immediately in a cross face. And by God, you can't fake that move. No. You cannot fake that move. So I had to tap out then as well. Oh. Um, but it, it just went from there. That's how it all began. Anyway, I carried on wrestling on Hamlock shows. Okay. And eventually then... I started running my own promotion, which I expect we'll get to in a bit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, it's it, kind of piecing it together. So you, you and your mates started off, you pretty much uh, put together your own promotion between you. Uh, I mean, we all did it with wrestling figures and everything, but it was, you know, <laughs> if you start to do it yourself, you've always got in your mind, you know what you want to do. With well, it. That's it. And then you actually sort of, so, so were they the first steps then in, in you getting your own promotion or how long did you then wrestle for before you got to that point?
0: um it was a good i'd say two years before i launched celtic wrestling um i think the only reason and i always say this the only reason i did launch celtic wrestling was to put a bit more of a spotlight on myself for other promoters and to show other promoters right this is what i can do Mm -hmm. but i'm not getting a chance to show anyone that i can do this okay so i put myself in the matches i wanted i put myself against the opponents i wanted like tracy smothers um steve carino Wow. Um, people like that, you know. Um, I put myself up against them. Obviously, I'm paying all this money for them. Why not get a rub myself? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I can go on to, to better things. then. so from there, I got a talent deal with Irish Whip Wrestling. We'd go to them. They'd come to us. Yeah. Um, I wrestled Seamus over in Irish Whip Wrestling in front of about 200 people. Wow. I got to waffle him with a belt. I did. That was nice. Brilliant. I thought, oh, Ideal. come on. Give, give me the belt. Just, just <laughs> one night. Give me the belt. But... It, it never happened. He, he oh. hit me then with a Celtic Slam. I think he was using at the time. Okay. Um, I wrestled uh, Pierre from the Quebecers over there as oh, wow. well yeah. um, as PCO. an outside talent and a triple threat. That was that was a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, Pierre Carolee is name. Uh, he may be joining me on the podcast soon. We've been talking as well. That would be amazing. Um, I normally, wrestled a whole bunch of their up and coming talent. I to say PCO
1: is normally on my wall um I've got, oh, a, I've got a signed comic graphic of villain enterprises who i absolutely love obviously he was part awesome. of that so that would be cool that's
0: yeah that's yeah. just magnificent he's, he's great as well what he's done now as well uh he's in the best shape of his life now mm. and he's like i think he's 50 something now as well because
1: he, he got the um, rh world title didn't he yeah yeah, yeah really that's
0: fantastic you know amazing but, uh, crazy stuff but yeah, um, so, sorry, man, I've I've lost your question with my drift somewhere now. But... Uh, just, just keep talking about.
1: <laughs> just keep drifting. Yeah, just keep drifting. Yeah, you you were talking about sort of yeah the the guys that you worked with, which yeah was one of the things that I really wanted to to find out as well is who you've managed to share a ring with and rub shoulders with. So, you know, you you've dropped a few in there. Are there any like any other really memorable ones that you've had that you was sort of like kind of you know dream come true getting in there with? Um,
0: or? I'd I'd say. The, the the one which was most dream come true for me was Steve Carino. I loved his work in ECW. Mm. I like I went through a hardcore phase as well at one point uh, where I was that proverbial guy who would end up with a, a face full of crimson, okay. couldn't see blood all over the place, you know. <laughs> and I went in with Steve Carino and, and he was the first guy of... I suppose I, I want to be careful how I say this. Named stature, I was going to say. The first yeah. guy who's been on mainstream television, yeah, then, like yeah. ECW, had a good following, a good platform. The first guy out of the big three, then we'll say, right? Yeah, yeah. Which was WWF, WCW, and ECW. So he was the first one out of any of those that I got to wrestle. And I won't say it's the best match I've ever had, mm. but it's definitely the best learning experience in the match that I've ever had, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, 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 that's probably more worthwhile, isn't it, really?
0: Yeah, definitely, you know, I know if I had another match with him, well, not right now, I need to get in shape again first. <laughs> but uh, Excuses, you know... excuses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, always excuses, always, <laughs> what a heel, right? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think if I had a match with him, like, two years later on, after that one, I think it would have been a lot better from my standpoint that I would have been a lot more comfortable doing it. But backstage in the curtain, when he was in the ring, my heart was doing that. Yeah. And I was just like, oh my god, I'm actually gonna wrestle Steve Carino. No, this is nuts. That's and cool. uh he, he put some good things in our match as well. Yeah. Um he grabbed a Budweiser <laughs> bottle from the crowd, right? He smashed it on the ring post, and the next thing you know it's digging right in my forehead, and I feel this big warm gush on my face. I'm ah. like, Oh, that's that's warm. And I was like, Whoa, <laughs> I can't see either, you know. I was
1: what is that um, like? I've got to ask the obvious question because I don't go around doing it to myself, you know, not yeah. Often. Um, You know, it, I've seen, what was it, The Dark Side of the Ring? Oh, what's mm. his name? I, I can't think what his name was. Nick Gage, was it? I think the guy who was, like, really, really hardcore. Yeah. And, you know, the things he used to use, like, pizza cutters and stuff on people and whatever. You know, I mean... What's it feel like, first of all? I mean, do you really know what's going on? You probably uh, weren't expecting that, I guess.
0: No, nah, it was... Uh, you know, I was cool with it. I was mm. totally cool with it because Steve Carino, let's make it an ECW rules yeah. match. Let's make it hardcore. Yeah. And, you know, he was like, right, so what do you want to do? I said, there's nothing I won't do, honestly. I'd like to get a bit of colour as well, I said. Get okay. a bit of sympathy. He was like, yeah, get yourself a bit of sympathy. That's great. <laughs> and we just work the bottle for the whole of the match and it kept coming into play the neck of the bottle which yeah. is what he rammed into my forehead yeah. um yeah this at the time in terms of pain i suppose adrenaline takes over so you yeah. don't really feel that um but like i said you do feel like this big rush of warmth all over mm-hmm. your face because the blood literally mixed with the sweat and everything and the way your heart's pumping and the adrenaline's flowing it just covers yeah. your face completely <laughs> You're blind. You don't know where the hell you are. Um, but you know by the fans' reaction, you can tell this yeah. is working. You know, this is working. <laughs> we us go with it. There they are in the palm of our <laughs> so hands. just with You do hope as well that so this blood sort of dries up and runs out your eyes a little as well. It doesn't um, take
1: much, does it, really, to get a crowd going? Let's, let's be honest. No,
0: nah, no, nah, that's it. That's it. It's, uh, there's ways and means to do it. I mean, in COVID now, it's going to be a bit more difficult because they're telling you with the moment in wrestling shows, don't get the crowd going. And what you're trained to do, one of the key things you're trained to do as a wrestler is to read the crowd, engage the crowd, know when to bring them up, know when to bring them down, know when to make them pop. And it's like, right, we can't do any of that now. The game has changed, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I suppose, you know, the guys who have been doing these empty arena shows as well, I Can imagine so difficult, very difficult, but then when you've got them there and you still can't use them, yeah, you know, that's got to be more of a last
0: really, isn't it? Yeah, well, hopefully, now after August is it the seventh or the ninth? I don't know, one or the other, one of them anyway. Seventh yeah. or the ninth, restrictions in Wales are being pulled as well. I think they already have been in England, yeah, in pretty late much. July, yeah, right?
1: yeah, they pretty much opened up. Let's yeah. see what, what we want, yeah, so.
0: but yeah. we've uh. Obviously, we've got the Welsh government looking over us as well there. So we're always a couple of weeks behind. So they've said, right, August, uh, I think it's the 7th, I want to say. They're going to pull restrictions then. So I'm booked to wrestle on Pro Wrestling Carnage on August the 28th. And if you've seen any of my stuff, 99.9% of my stuff is crowd work. You know, It is. It's crowd work. It's feeding to the crowd. It's getting the crowd chanting, getting the crowd behind you, picking yeah. people out from the crowd, getting them on side sort of thing, you know, it's, it's all yeah. crowd work. So yeah, I'll be like a uh, a boat winner oars if, yeah. uh, <laughs> if there's no crowd to play with. But like I said, touch wood, hopefully things are going to come back together yeah. for us and uh, it'll be a different ball game then.
1: How long has it been since you've been in the ring? Um, June,
0: 2018, I tagged with Rene Dupree against Team KO. Uh, that was okay. one of two comebacks I made that year. Oh, prior grand to grand. that, prior to that, it was April 2016, and there was two comeback matches I had for Welsh Wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll always dabble back, dip my toe back in. It's hard to get out of it, you know. Yeah. Once you're in, you're in. It's like I don't know. It's if you've if you've <laughs> ever eating meat and then you turn vegetarian yeah. it's you know you'll always I think anyway have that yeah. inkling the, or that little itch in your mind saying oh I could murder a steak or I could murder a burger you know <laughs> or if you've ever smoked you know yeah. and particularly when you see someone else smoking it's like oh well that looks nice you know <laughs> it's just the same with wrestling yeah. more so exactly going back to that smoking statement if you see someone else doing it you think yeah. oh I could do that. Yeah. <laughs> I want to do that. You know? Yeah. So, uh, yeah.
1: It's, it's a proper sort of old school style story. You know, I've spoken to some, um, some greats on this show, um, back from like the seventies, eighties and that, and they've all the same elements were there. You know, you really have to graft to get to these places to train, they mm. take you apart, but then you come back, yeah. you know, it's in you. Then you can't really get away from it. And then when you step away from it, you, you still can't seem to get away from it. You're always mm. involved in some way. Um, so, so yeah, just talk a little bit about the show. You know, give it a little bit of plug, I suppose, this, the show that you'll be part of. You know, what's going on? Where is it? And uh, cool. Yeah.
0: Well, this, yeah, the, the company is a brand new company called Pro Wrestling Carnage. Um, they're crowning their first champion on that night. Uh, the it's Saturday, the 28th of August. The first mutation, the show is called, is now sold out as well. Um, there's a Battle Royal for the number one contender uh, to face dangerous Danny Owens for the title. I'm entering the Battle Royal and hopefully I'm going to win the Battle Royal, face dangerous Danny Owens, pull him apart, and become the first ever. Pro Wrestling Carnage Heavyweight Champion. Imagine okay. that! What a what a comeback, right? I'll be a comeback, and you could you could have the belt dangling, you know, exactly. There's a space here but... or there yeah. for it, you know. I'll find somewhere for it. <laughs> Definitely, it makes perfect sense to me, anyway, Chris. You know, absolutely. absolutely but yeah, right. we'll see how that goes. I I need to hit the gym quite hard. Um, <laughs> I need to start getting some cardio up and everything. It's difficult yeah. though, wrestling cardio it's completely different to normal cardio. I could run on a treadmill five Mm -hmm. hours a day, right? And then I could have a rest and match and I'd still be gassed out. It's like little bursts of energy. You go in from a full-blown burst of energy to nothing to another full-blown burst of energy, then mm. to nothing again. So I think circuit training might be the way forward, you know, yeah, instead right. for this to get back in, rather than to look for that body, which, uh, let's face it, I'm never <laughs> going to get back at 43 years young, you know? <laughs>
1: you never know. Never say never. never
0: say well, that. you know. Have you,
1: have you had words with them about your entrance music to this one?
0: I have <laughs> indeed. And they, they have suggested... Um, okay. I'm not sure if you're aware. I used Dakota by Stereophonics for several, ah, several years. Okay. And always on the chorus, I burst through the curtain and it'd be ah. So <laughs> they've said they've requested Dakota. So I've said cool. yeah, I'll I'll have Dakota, but can I modernise it? with a little starting line of, and we're back in the room. Yeah, you know, yeah, just, just you know, I'm, I'm, you know I'm, I'm all about the gimmick these days. You know, yeah. it's, uh, I'm a, I'm a walking, breathing, living gimmick now. So uh, I know what I am. Let's that... just, let's just be that.
1: That's a nice segue into the next part that I was going to ask actually. So uh, yeah, to talk about your gimmick when you were wrestling, Yeah, what was it? And I'm guessing you
0: weren't christened Kamen. Um. Uh, No, that's absolutely (laughs) correct. I was christened Carl Griffiths, uh, Carl with a K. Uh, I was called K-Man. Yo, K, K K-Man as a youth growing up. I was always fascinated by reptiles, um, particularly crocodilians. Mm -hmm. Um, I always thought, right, if I'm a wrestler, I want to be just like the raven or like the rhino or something like that with like one word rather than carl griffiths or yeah mr whoever you know yeah. and then i was watching discovery channel one day while i was still wrestling with which name to have no pun intended by the way <laughs> i'm sure um i was wrestling with what to call myself and then i came across the crocodilian species of caiman and mm-hmm. i was like caiman everyone knows me as caiman already caiman it sounds exactly the same pretty much yeah. it's just spelt different yeah and it looked cool in green letters on a pair of pink trunks <laughs> let's uh, let's go for that so that's when caiman was born uh, awesome. He was born in NWA UK Hammerlock and uh, he went from there. As for gimmick, I sort of grew into myself. My gimmick was just, and a, a lot of people say this as well, just uh, pretty much, uh, you try and be things you aren't, first of all. Yeah. Like, first mm-hmm. of all, when I went into that rumble in Cardiff, I thought, right, I'm going to be a heel. Everyone's going to hate me. I'm going to turn them sick to their stomachs. Yeah. Now, you know, I went out <laughs> and then I got the biggest pop. <laughs> i've yearned in my life you know it's uh, like oh great i'm a face go. then i guess so i was always taught right you're a face if the crowd is with yeah. you stay with them you know yeah. keep them on you so i did i remained face then i did for pretty much all of my career um in wales at least anyway mm-hmm. i uh, i'd go to england i'd play the heel there particularly on rugby days when England uh, would yeah, yeah. perhaps beat Wales in the rugby, biased referee. <laughs> um, you know, we'd go out to the national anthem, wearing a Welsh shirt and everything, just play that. you get everyone, meh, meh, meh. <laughs> um, I'd always try and be flamboyant in my colour choices when i got work heel as well. Okay. So I'd always wear pink up in England. And uh, this one time up there as well, apologies if I'm drifting, but I'll go into this That's story. Cool. I had this, this car as well, right, this... Zebra stripe nova, but it was a pink and black zebra stripe nova. I typed into eBay pink car. I didn't care what it was. I wanted a pink car. All right. So I bought this car then. It's the car I learned to drive in as well.
1: Right.
0: oh so I was wrestling for a show for Johnny Rose, um, HCW show. Mm-hmm. And we were there, there was it was just kids everywhere. It was a proper kids show, you know. So it was yeah. heroes and villains all over the place. Yeah. Uh Yeah, boo, yay boo, all that. And they were all around the ring after who's the wussy in the pink 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 who's <laughs> the wussy in the pink pink so i couldn't get out of the ring for ages because there were literally 100 kids all around the ring everywhere it was about three deep either either side of the ring uh, i managed to get out eventually get backstage got dressed got myself sorted get back to my car then all these kids gather around the car about hundred kids and all bang in the bonnet <laughs> And all up banging the boot and everything. Who's the wussy? And I'm thinking, right, I've got to get out of this car park. I can't. There's under kids around you. If I move this car, I'm in a whole world of trouble. I'm going to jail, like, you know? That's right. yeah, uh, yeah. So anyway, eventually, one of, the, one of the faces come out or something and managed to part these kids like Moses in the Red Sea. <laughs> I bailed out there. I was like, oh, my God, that's amazing. What <laughs> amazing heat. Yeah. All brought on by the color pink. And being and, Welsh, uh, you know, it's you uh, it's crazy, That's... but yeah, my gimmick is, i suppose—as a whole. Sorry for drifting, Chris. Don't worry. But my gimmick, as a whole, I didn't have a gimmick. As in, like, oh, look, he's a crazy doctor, or um, he's a you know a, a lumberjack, or anything like that. Yeah, I was yeah. just Cayman, uh, later nicknamed the Crocodilian Psycho because a bit psychotic. Again, just cool. a, its just a play on my normal personality, mm. um. And I'd act sort of as as this character, act how Carl Griffiths would like to act in these situations. Okay. But rational, rational thinking takes over in reality, yeah. and he knows he can't because he'll get arrested. But in the wrestling ring, as K-Man, you can do whatever he wants, and uh, it's what I would like to do. That's, K-Man is who I would like to be. You know. And that's
1: that's that's all. I think most wrestling gimmicks—it's an alter ego, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it's just it's turning all, it's the volume album. up. On your actual self. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. that's it. I think, I think a lot of people fall into the trap of promoters putting gimmicks on them. Like I've done it myself in Celtic Wrestling. I wanted certain gimmicks. Mm. I wanted a jobber, right? And I had this lovely guy by the name of Stephen Barter and he wrestled as this guy called The Workman. That's a gimmick I created. Right. And basically, I think we handed him about 80 losses something like that. And we built him up and built him up as whenever he goes out, our crowds were loyal as well. So we'd have a regular crowd in Merthyr, regular crowd in Cardiff, and we'd scatter ourselves about a bit as well. Hmm. But Steve Barter, then the workman, we'd have him (laughs) come out to the ring. We'd say, right, go out by there, out the back, grab a load of dirt, rub it in your face. (laughs) (laughs) So he'd do that, rub it all down his arms, rub it in his high-vis vest, which he'd wear to the ring. Uh, He'd have working jeans and, like, working boots and a hard hat, Lovell hard hat. Other hard hats are also available. (laughs) Um, (laughs) He'd he'd wear that to the ring. He'd come out to the YMCA as well then. Um, And, yeah, he'd always lose. But then we had one of our top heels, Chris Rico, face him one day. I'm uh, not sure if you're familiar with Chris Recall. He's just made a comeback now after about. Uh,
1: through your show, I am. Yeah?
0: Yeah, yeah. 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 Great guy, great wrestler, great talent. I'm so pleased he's come back. I think he's had a six year hiatus where yeah. he hasn't you know, stepped in a ring, but he's just started back with Welsh wrestling. He's thoroughly enjoying it. Um, but yeah, back to my point, he's a great talent. One of our top heels. He was, you know, multiple Celtic wrestling heavyweight champion, but he was wrestling the workman this one day in the studio bar in Merthyr. And then all of a sudden, Workman, I, th- I don't know if it was like a roll-up or something, but he caught in with something. And then it was one, two, three, and the crowd would just say, oh, my God, <laughs> oh, my God, the Workman's won. You know, and YMC yeah. was playing. He was celebrating, coaching all the fans and that, cuddling the wow. fans. It was a moment, you know? So, yeah, I, I came onto that. We were talking about gimmicks, were we? But yeah. that wasn't the gimmick that Stephen Barter wanted. Mm. Um, he asked me then, he said, look, I'd like to get away from the workman. I was like, all right, well, you know, the workman served you well. Mm. Um, we've got our happy ending. Mm. I knew it was going off then, the train at Landstorms Wrestling Academy. Oh, okay. I said, when you when you come back, we'll just call you Stephen Barter. Or I remember then when you come back, There was this children's entertainer. I used to do things just to entertain myself as well, (laughs) right? There was this children's entertainer at at like this Butlins holiday camp years ago called Mr. Stevie B. And I thought, (laughs) we're going to call you Mr. Stevie B. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, that's who he became then. He was Mr. Stevie B. He was a heel. Um, He had this new arsenal of wrestling that he'd learned from Lance Storm. And he brought it to himself. And he got over as an upper mid-card heel. Like, it was great, you know? So... Yeah, but uh, that was the gimmick that he wanted to portray himself. I know we gave him the run with that, really, then. Uh, Then he injured his knee and he hadn't wrestled since. (laughs) Such is life.
1: But uh, But never say never. He had his happy ending in the middle. I I loved it when uh, Barry Horowitz did that and the WWF. with Yeah, that's it. It's Um, a great story. it It is. I don't think you can do it too often. On mainstream tv you know they, they mm. can't pick too many to do it with but yeah exactly in that kind of like local setting when nobody's that's expecting it.
0: it yeah that's brilliant yeah well well, when he started as well he was like you know we're guiding him through every match sort of thing as well you know it's like right yeah. you're a trainee basically but you know keep yeah. doing this nice and simple you know some of them were 10 second matches some of them mm. were 60 second matches and then they go on as he'd get more comfortable and everything you know so yeah it was awesome. like training on a job for him as well, if you will. you know. But it was great. And he's a great guy, and I want to say a big hello to him. Stevie B, Stephen Bader, okay. you loves go. you.
1: Hey, I'll, have, I'll have him on as well. Have I him on, man, yeah. He's a, story, so. he's a great guy. He's a yeah, great guy.
0: Track him down.
1: Right, let's, let's move on then, and let's talk about your podcast, because this is, this is really what led me to you. Um, the first video, I think, that um, came onto my radar was the one
0: that you did with uh, Nick Dinsmore. Oh, yeah, oh, I could I forget Nick? I wrestled Nick as well, of course. I did, did. yeah, we yeah, we wrestled together, me and Nick as well. Uh, I'll quickly chuck this one in as well. He came on to Celtic, um, he was on the show. I was like, right, I want to wrestle with you and I want to tag with you. He was like, well, let's do both. I was like, cool, can we do this then? Where we wrestle and then Scouse and Ham, great little tag team we had, Method of Madness, they like they become branded Mm as uh, they interfere halfway through our match. Well, not even halfway through, we, we just did Like five or ten minutes, that's so. all. Yeah, they do the double whack on us. Um, we bail them out of the ring. We like it's a no contest, so it's you and me against them instead. Then this was when Chris Rico was my tag team partner at the time with the tie dye mafia. Live and let tie dye. Uh, he was out injured, so I was still tag team champion. Then I brought in for one night to defend the titles with me, Nick Eugene Dinsmore. We weren't going to defend the belts. But we defended them then against Scouse and Hammer would interfered in our match. So, so yeah, that's Nick amazing. Dinsmore. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the first one that, that you saw, Nick Dinsmore.
1: I think it must have been in in uh, um, a mutual wrestling group or something. Yeah, um, yeah. that you shared it. So I naturally I thought I watched that one and naturally thought you had a wrestling podcast. Mm. And then so um, and then I noticed you had a couple of other episodes which stepped outside of that realm. And yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I must admit. Short of saying I'm hooked to it, because I I must I, I can't watch it all the time, but I then I just splurge on it. You've got – so I'll let you talk about the show, really, introduce how it came about. We had a chat before we started recording about hmm. sort of where it started. But just give a rundown as well, firstly, of how it came about, but the, the breadth of variety of guests you've had on there, because it's nothing short of amazing, really.
0: No, it's cool. I, I can't believe – where it is now, as well, and how quickly it seems to have got there. Um, it all started with a man living on his own in lockdown, basically, you know, stuck in four walls and a roof, uh, couldn't go to work, uh, couldn't really go outside the door, couldn't go for a pint with my mates, couldn't do anything, you know. Um, so I just thought, I know, I'm going to buy a podcasting microphone. There it is. <laughs> so I did that. Uh, my cousin said to me, there's this audio platform for podcasts called Anchor. You can do anything on there. You know, it's, it's great. You can put your podcast out. You can edit it on there. Yeah. Uh, you share it to Spotify and all the other platforms.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I thought, great, I'll have a go. So I did episode one and I just did it completely off the cuff, talking absolute shit, made it up. I don't know if you've heard that one. Don't Why don't men have one, boobs? No. Yeah, why don't men <laughs> no, have boobs basically definitely, that definitely, was the talk. well it's on the youtube now so as well i put a few <laughs> few visuals up with it as well so i put that on um then i found a poetry book deep dark poems of these poems which i wrote in the 90s now i went through a little bit of a dark shady stage in the 90s right i went down some dodgy paths shall we say all right then i went to almost literally went to the other side. I woke up on life support and everything because of the shit which I was putting into my body and stuff. Wow. Um, but I've come out the other end, so I'm happy to talk about it. Okay. But I found this one poem from those days. And can I just say before I, I you know, recite any of this, hmm. this isn't what I was, this isn't me in this poem. This is mm-hmm. just me trying to shock whoever finds this book and reads it. Okay. And it went something like, His parents sleeping in their bed, but what has gone is this boy's head. By his bedside lies a knife. The boy must take his parents' life. And it goes on and on and on. And then he kills his parents, kills the cat, and then he ends up jumping off the viaduct and everything. It's dark, man, really dark. But again, I can't emphasize enough. I had no intentions of a murder of my parents. <laughs> it's not about them. It's just like, you know, like a scriptwriter in Hollywood, you know, like Quentin yeah. Tarantino, half the stuff that happens in his films, all right? I'm sure he hasn't done 99.9% of the things not that we see in his movies. No, no. So yeah, th- this was not biographical. That's the term I'm looking for. <laughs> but um, yeah, Um, so that was the second podcast. Then I had a friend of mine on was also a wrestling fan, who I used to work with. And I said, do you want to talk about Hogan versus The Warrior on my podcast? So we talked about that. Did the right man win? We were chatting among ourselves. Mm-hmm. I had him on for a couple more then. Then I started having my mates on from lockdown, because I'm in a band as well, a breakfast club, 80s tribute band. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, started, I had my, my band on. I did a quiz with them and everything against one another. I had my other musical mates on just talking about how lockdown was for them, how many gigs they've cancelled, how they're feeling about right. when we can eventually get back into it. Um, and then I was friends somehow with two childhood heroes of mine, Trevor and Simon, or Trevor and Simon as they now like to be known. Uh, on Facebook. I was friends with them for years and, you know, always say happy birthday or whatever you, you do mm-hmm. as a nicety. But one day I thought, oh, why not just ask Trevor if he fancies coming on for a chat? So I asked, yeah. you ask, you receive. Yeah. He yeah. got back to me. He said, oh yeah, sorry. Sorry it's taken me a while to get back to you. I've been really busy. I spoke to Simon and uh, he's up for it as well. Can we do it on Zoom? I'm like, oh, I don't know. Use you Zoom? And I, you know, I haven't got a, a decent laptop either. So I yeah. borrowed this very apple mac from my sister which i now own <laughs> right <laughs> um yeah uh so i borrowed that off my sister and i was like yeah let's do this so we did it we had trevor and simon on uh it was absolutely great we were reminiscing i was chucking pens in as well like oh i brought my duvet and one of their sketches was <laughs> the laundrette we don't do duvets you know?
1: That. yeah
0: yeah yeah fantastic so i chucked it all in there for them they appreciated that <laughs> i appreciated them from there, Sarah Green liked it on Twitter, um, so I started talking to Sarah Green, and uh, I was like, "Well, the door's always open if you want to come on." She was like, "I'd love to, K-Man. I'd love to." And I'm like, "Really?" I was like, "Let's do it." I said, well, "What are you doing in half hour?" She's like, uh, "Let's do it on this date." So we put a yeah. time in, mm. and then I started getting ballsy then and started just asking people. I got Cheryl Baker on um, recently. I got Carol in Baskin on. That was an interesting yeah. one from Tiger King. I didn't see that uh, one coming. That landed on my feed. That? Well, I'll be honest with you. Uh, the day I asked her was the day she came on. Wow. <laughs> she, sent, she sent me a diary and I was like, do you know what? I think it was three o'clock in the afternoon I asked her. Yeah. And she said, yeah, here's my diary. Pick a time. I said, we'll do 5 p.m. tonight. Thank you. And uh, <laughs> I just went in Um so, I knew all about her anyway. Yeah, I had a, a quick little Zoom on Wikipedia as well, uh, just yeah. to, to you know see if there's anything else that I, I'd missed, which yeah. I would have, Dancing with the Stars and stuff, which oh, she did. Yeah, so we went through that. I spoke to her about Tiger King, about Joe Exotic, um about the great work she's doing with the the big cats over there Mm. um at the end then I spoke to her about dancing with the stars so it was fluffy fluffy but in the middle I did have to ask that question you did yeah I asked it yeah yeah of course I did man Mm -hmm. this uh, I'm the Cayman that's what I do (laughs) I asked her you know diplomatically and I said if you don't want to answer this question don't want to talk about it we'll move on Mm. but I gave her the proverbial shit sandwich where fluffy fluffy and there's <laughs> your fill in right there you know and she, she was happy to talk about it um i had a bit of controversy at the end of that one people commenting on "Oh, carol baskin this carol baskin that i was like right if you've got something to say about it when you come on and have a chat about it mm-hmm. i'm happy to hear the other side mm-hmm. and then they put me in touch with this guy then um ripper his name is and apparently he's representing over in america carol baskin's former husband's family so we've okay. been on the email and everything. He said, oh, yeah, I will come on. I'm going to watch your interview first. But um, well, that's the last I heard of him then. So, ah. yeah. But I've had loads, loads of guests like that on. Um, I've got loads coming up as well. I've got a couple of music labels involved now as well. So I get like up and coming stars coming on. Yeah. I had an author on the other day. She wrote the book, Who Shot John Lennon? Bohemian yeah. Rhapsody. She wrote um, one on David Bowie as well. Um I'm having a nice variety. So mm. while it is a wrestling podcast, it's not just a wrestling podcast no. that's with me. I love having wrestlers on. Like I had um, Robbie McAllister on the other yeah, day. Yeah, I enjoyed that one. Uh, great, really guy, great guy, great guy. I've got a couple of others lined up as well. I've had some of the guys that I used to wrestle with on. i got a few of them coming back on as well. It's, it's going really good. It's gone from strength to strength. Mm. And I ask anyone that's watching, because I am trying to build a channel, just go on YouTube Mm. Type in the Cayman show, even just Cayman show, yeah. and uh, hit the subscribe for me, guys. It's uh, there's loads of cool stuff coming up on there. There's loads of cool stuff already on there. There's loads of nostalgic stuff on there, loads yeah. of wrestling stuff. It's uh, it's cool, man. It's I like where it's going. Mm. Um, it's a shame it took a lockdown and a global pandemic
1: to mm-hmm. get me into this because yeah. it's like
0: something I thoroughly enjoy doing. Yeah. And I, I think you can tell I enjoy doing it when I'm doing it. Yeah. Um, it, It's great. Sometimes it is, I do like three a day sometimes, you know? I, I just love it.
1: It's so entertaining. And I, I'm a big follower. There's a, a, quite a few podcasts that I do follow and I do try to watch everything. And, okay, you know, bye. they are to do with certain things, but yours you'd never know what I love about yours is you never really know where the next one's coming from because no I
0: don't I don't advertise either until I've had that guest on and we've made Mm. that recording and we are both satisfied with it and we both give it a thumbs up I don't advertise it you don't don't Um, know which.
1: you know you don't know what field it's coming from it could be tv that's it it, exactly you know real life um I mean I was going to ask an obvious one really is how how easy or how have you found you know, getting in touch or is it just snowballed with a lot of these sort of you know the notable names the celebrities well grabbing
0: the, the guest names and that yeah um it's, it's get, it guess easier the more you have the easier it gets if you're with yeah. me because like you know it's i tell you earlier it's all about the pitch you know yeah. it's like i hope no one's watching this now that i want to have on the show by the way because I make myself sound 10 times bigger than I actually am. (laughs) I make the show sound 10 times bigger than it actually is. And I name drop like fuck
1: the names, which I
0: think that they'll be able to associate with um, or that they have an interest in as well, or they might have worked with in the past. Mm. Like, you know, for example, Cheryl Baker, she was on, and then I think I had Chesney Hawks on after. So I I name yeah. dropped Cheryl to Chesney and what ah. have you. Chesney, by the way, was a great guy as well, i got to say.
1: He was one of my... Now, I'm not going to say idols or anything, but when I was growing up, uh, me and my mate... Because um, he introduced me to his music when one, well, one, maybe, um came out. And then I watched Buddy's Song, which was one yeah, of my favourite films back then, one of great my favourite soundtracks up to now. You know, still absolutely love listening to that. So when I saw him, I was like, you are kidding me (laughs) and you know it's like uh, it's just one of those guys I think that I was like I I love the fact that you're getting these people it's like no disrespect how how are you getting so many people from from everywhere it's so nice to watch
0: it all started with Trev and Simon it did yeah and I'll forever be thankful to them both what a pair of great guys, you know, they didn't need to come on this random wacky Welshman's <laughs> show, you know, if, I, I don't know. I think I had what something like, I didn't have any subscribers then actually, because I hadn't gone doing video then, you know, okay. so when they come on in April, the end of April, I didn't have any subscribers at all yet. They were up for it. They were like, yeah, come on, let's do it on zoom. Yeah. Um, so I'm thankful to them. Uh, that obviously led me on to Sarah green. Mm. Um, there's three names. Then I could name drop. All right. And, mm you know do yeah, it you've got you them names you, you, you name drop you tell them all right all right no no it's name dropping is somewhat of a negative term i suppose and it? it's it's not let's not call it name dropping let's call it just telling them who else has been yeah. on the show you're then, making you that will,
1: association you know? you know you're trying yeah 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 yeah,
0: yeah. it's just like right so and so has been on so you're basically giving a, a sort of seal of approval on your show mm. really saying they've been yeah. on they've been on they've been on and the list gets bigger and bigger trying yeah. to get David Hasselhoff on because <laughs> you know he's,
1: he's yeah. seeing a
0: girl from just up the road from me you know but uh I'll keep trying I, I will get him
1: yeah you will, you will. yeah uh, it's a, persistence is key <laughs> I was whether you want to divulge too much from this or whether you know you want to keep keep some of them quiet just in case you can get them have you got a bucket list
0: of guests um sir I've got I want David Hasselhoff. I, I've always admired him. I've mm-hmm. always thought he was awesome. Um, he's a party animal. I am a party animal. <laughs> um, so, you know, I always watched Knight Rider as a kid. Yeah. Um, I then turned to Baywatch and I've seen a few of his movies. He's got a connection to Merthyr Tidbill, where I'm from. That's where he met his wife when she was working in the retail park there. Right. um, It's just so much to talk about with him, you know? Yeah. So he's he's on there. Um, I did want Timmy Mallett on as well, but he's told me no. Uh, oh. So I was a little disappointed in that. I was but just I thinking, am... in my
1: head, no word of a lie, while we've been discussing some of these names, in the back of my head, I'm like, yeah, Timmy Mallett would yeah. be
0: absolutely perfect to slot in there. Well, said, oh. well, Timmy Mallett in lockdown got me into painting, you know? You got okay. me into I started doing painting and everything. I did the Janet Street Porter nude. I'm not sure if you're familiar I've with that. I've seen that. that. I, saw, yeah. I, I wasn't
1: familiar with that until I saw your post. And I, yeah, did
0: you, did yeah, tell, yeah. Tell,
1: Just quickly, insert the tell the little story about that because I think it's hilarious.
0: Janet Street Porter nude. Well, it's in lockdown, basically. The quick version is I started painting landscapes and then uh, I came across on eBay this Pat Butcher nude. And I thought, oh my God, it sold for 200 quid and it's terrible and it do not look anything like it by the earrings. Uh, So I thought then, who can I do in the nude? And then it was daytime TV, middle of lockdown. I thought, Janet Street Porter would do her. So I, I, you know, sketched her out with the brushes. 20 minutes later, there's your Janet Street Porter nude. I put it on eBay. I tweeted the link to Loose Women. Next day, it's on Loose Women. And it's like, what the hell? (laughs) And it's up to £8,000 on an eBay auction. I'm like, what the frigging hell is going on here? My heart was pulsating, uh, nearly bursting out of my chest. A um, few bids were retracted. It sold them for five and a half thousand pounds. Uh, but the buyer pulled out and I thought, ah, oh, don't worry about it. I didn't report them or anything like that. Uh-huh. I thought, this is a cool story. Don't worry about it. Uh-huh. Um, it ended up in Kavatha Castle museum, and Museum, then it did on the wall oh, uh, wow. for about four months. Yeah. Uh, not a shame, though, not because we were in lockdown. Not a lot of people got to see it because they were uh-huh. shut and everything for a lot uh-huh. of it. But uh, still, it's a cool story. It's now just over there in my, uh, <laughs> in my little cave here. Uh, yeah, but, it's, yeah, interesting stuff. But that it was because good. of Timmy Mallet that I started painting. Cool. I always liked him in, in Wackaday years ago. Um, he'd be a great guest. I wish he'd he change would. his mind. Timmy, if you're listening, come on, back up your ideas, <laughs> my old son. Uh, but, yeah, he's he's doing this thing called Mallet's Palette now through lockdown where he's just painting, and he's a terrific artist as okay. well. And I just thought, right, I'm going to dig the paints out. I haven't painted for 20-odd years, but here we go. So I sold a few of them as well. So, I mean, Yeah, happy days. But uh, Come on, on, Timmy, man. Get him on. There we go. There we go. (laughs) Yeah, but in terms of a bucket list, I I don't really have anyone else there. It's Mm. often the case of, you know, I'm watching TV or Mm. uh, I'm chatting to people. People will recommend. People will say, oh, why didn't you try so-and-so? You know, so uh, Mm. that's where we go. Or if I randomly come across someone while I'm on Twitter, I'll be like, oh, you'd be good, you know? It's just like, right, who's your agent? Let's give him a ring, you know? And uh, (laughs) away we go.
1: So it started off a bit like-minded, really, totally like-minded. A lockdown project, you know. Definitely, yeah. Focus my mind. So now the world is opening back up again. You know, this is obviously something that you you want to carry on and grow, or you know, will it reach a point that you will you kind of you got a body of work you can look back on and you'll move on to other things?
0: Nah, no. I'm, I'm doing this. I'm I'm a life fan now. I think I love obviously. it. I absolutely <laughs> love it, and I'm already thinking about the things I can do. As a spin off, like I've done spin offs with the Cayman's Crap Quiz. I don't know if did. you watched any of those. I did. That's just I did. Yeah. me and the boys doing ridiculous things and me just ribbing them basically. That was brilliant. Um, Yeah, great fun. Um, I'm looking at doing some sort of Christmas special, having some of my past guests on for that as well um, together, you mm-hmm. know. So I'm looking at that. Um, Oh, blow it. I'm going to give the game away for you, right? I'm looking at, if they're up for it, Sarah Green, Chesney Hawks, and Cheryl Baker in uh, Cayman's Crap Christmas Quiz, okay? Um, Yes. Magic, the topics of choice are, Chesney Hawks, your topic is Hawks. Sarah Green, your topic is the colour green. Cheryl Baker, (laughs) your topic is Makers. So uh, I think <laughs> that'd be terrific, you know, I just would. ask them questions about those topics. It'd be hilarious. Be and they were three fantastic guests as well. Uh, yeah. The three of them are great. They got great charisma, great character, and they're lovely people as well. So it'd be lovely to have have those on as well. But I'm always brilliant. looking for the next thing, whether it's the next guest or or whether it's just, just, just the next gimmick, really, you yeah. know. So uh, that's that's such
1: good news, you know, for people like me who follow it anyway to, to, to know it's not going
0: anywhere it, it's, oh it's no 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 I'll, um, I'll be honest I, i'll cancel nights out if i got a podcast you know what i mean <laughs> I'll be, sorry sis i can't come to your wedding i got a podcast you know
1: <laughs> my, yeah my, my wife she's been very supportive you know with with the amount of nights that she's had to take over the uh the time routine <laughs> with the kids while I've been doing this, but ah, you know it's God always bless. just like you know, I, I, I I gotta get this one in. It's always it's always that's it. someone that's it. You know, yeah, you've got to make time for. But uh, listen, this is this has been fantastic. You know, finding out awesome. Finding man, I really enjoyed you. it.
0: Yeah, yeah, so- it's nice, man. It's been a while. We've been obviously, like you say, we met on our. Through that wrestling post, I, I yeah. forget the Eugene one, yeah? yeah. And uh you know, we've chatted online, and that it's it's nice to finally get to talk to you. It's good yeah. to meet you, man. Yeah,
1: thank you, talk mate. On. Thank you, mate. And there's definitely a place for you to come back again, and we'll pick a topic of 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 some description to delve into. I'm sure. Fantastic. You know.
0: Well, hopefully, you'll be the the first ever pro carnage wrestling heavyweight you champion. Go. You know, let's let's write that one down.
1: <laughs> let's let's put that one in. You just got to do the hard work and fingers and toes, right. fingers so, and there. toes, <laughs> so, mate. So, just in closing. um you, you obviously you have told people where to find you on uh, <clears throat> on YouTube. Just literally search for the Cayman Show. Where else can people find you to kind of keep up to date, like social media or where? Um, social is? media,
0: yes. I've, I'm on Twitter. My personal account uh, at Cayman Griffiths. Uh, I'm on Twitter, the Cayman Show as well. Uh, I've got got a Facebook account Cayman Griffiths, it's normally hovering around 5,000 marks so I can't accept people at the moment on there but you can follow me on there I think Uh, also I've got on Facebook as well the Cayman Show and on Instagram as well the Cayman Show on there as well so get in touch, I'll always reply to people as well and just Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, comment on the YouTube guys, let's get a community going and don't forget to subscribe, it'll be awesome There we go Thank you so much Cayman, this has been an absolute blast mate Thank you, my brother. It's been a pleasure. Thank you.
1: Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production.